Everybody, this is Scaring is Sharing. It's the place where we share our scares with each other and you. You, I, d- I take my voices off you. Like, whatever Good. you're doing inspires my throat to do what it does. That's what I want to do. I want to inspire <laughs> your throat to do things. Uh, that's, what the, <laughs> that's what makes the world go around. But yeah, guys, we're here. Guys, gals, uh, all folks in between every creature of the land sea and air that might be listening <laughs> um we are here to share some scares with you yep. our and beautiful uh, listeners you are jeremy rusk the original sasquatch slim i know people that are listening right now you already know what the topic is so i was like i should try and build a joke in here somewhere so i should have been like say my name uh but, you know <laughs> i'm sasquatch slim jeremy rusk with the flaming scream queen, Randy Joe Blanbeck. It sounded like you almost forgot what my name was. Is what I was. I was. I was Blandy. I was called you Blandy Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's almost my what new came name. Blandy hey. Joe. <laughs> hey Blandy! Wow, I did. I think I told this story once. I don't know. Maybe not with you, but I went on a date to Eight Crazy Nights. I did. I think I did tell this story, and the guy told me. I was like in college and the guy told me afterwards that I was boring. Oh yeah. 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 I did tell that story. I'm it sorry. was so depressing. So I guess that, you were... that was blandy. Yeah. I would say you're anything but blandy. So I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't know what's going on. I can't talk right now. It's okay. Jeremy, how was your week? Uh, it's been crazy. I think we touched on it a little bit, but uh, we're moving and buying a house yeah. and selling a house. So it's been nonstop mayhem. You know, I I was listening to something where they were talking about haunted houses and stuff, and then somehow in the conversation, dorms came up, and I was like, there's not been, like, a really good, like, haunted dorm movie, has there? And there should be. Oh, my God. And it's funny that you mention this, because just bare, I guess it's barely tangential to this topic, but I was hanging out uh, with some of my good buddies over this past weekend watching the Detroit Lions uh lose terribly so yeah buddy whatever uh but we were talking about my buddy james was there james hi if you're listening what's up uh, james it, we went to college together at grant we've known each other since we were kids but we went to college together at grand valley uh grand valley state university any lakers out there hit me up and we were talking about his dorm he's he was he's a year or two behind me so he was a freshman and i was you know was sophomore junior whatever and third or fourth year in college uh, or second or third year in college when he was a freshman there, but he was in the freshman dorms and he was in the oldest building on campus. That's <laughs> where his dorm was that year. Uh, and we were talking about just how creepy as fuck it was. <laughs> Cause he's like, imagine just dingy hallways with like flickering lights and the kids that lived in there. He's like, it was just a motley crew in that building of weirdos doing God knows what. We never saw any ghosts, not really haunted, but it looked like it should have been in a horror movie. And we were usually in his room hanging out, blasting like Slayer or some death metal. So people didn't want to come talk to us anyway. So there you go. Haunted dorm room, work on it, somebody. Yeah, I think it needs to happen. And I'm sure it has, but not in a real memorable way. Like there's definitely been killer. Yeah. 
like dorm movies like I think of Urban Legend, Sorority House Massacre, and Black Christmas. Like it's usually a killer, so mm-hmm. there needs to be a really good ghost one. Maybe it's an anthology. Maybe it's a, a series because you could have different decades and years. Wasn't the scene that I'm remembering from what the hell movie was that? Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm, yeah, wasn't she in her dorm room when she gets she like possessed like, for the first time, yeah, or like, like she's all bent out of shape? Yeah, attacked by the demon. <laughs> she's yeah. bent out of shape. Yep, yep, and she does that weird thing with her mouth. I like that movie. I know we've talked about rewatching it because it's been a long time for us both. Yeah, we should. She's watch. just so good. It's she's yeah, it's been so a long good. time. I saw it in college. I was in college when that movie came out. So the fact that it was about a college student was kind of freaky. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Another question I had for you is, do you have any favorite short films of the horror variety? Favorite short films? Man, nothing really jumps to mind. Um, I guess it also depends on how you quantify a short film. I mean, I think anything, generally I would say like under a half hour is in my mind what I would consider. Not like a filmlet, but like a short film. A short film. Okay. Because immediately what I thought of, there is a flick called The Call of Cthulhu based on the H.P. Lovecraft story. And it's from like, from the 2000s, like 20 teens or something is when they made it. Uh, And it was done by a group. It was produced by a group. They're called like the H.P. Lovecraft Society or something like that. Um, But they did it in the style of a silent film because they did it uh, in the style, because that short, that novel, novella, Call of Cthulhu was published in like the 20s. So they did it in the style of the 20s. So they made this like German expressionist looking like short film, but it's only like 40 something minutes long. It's not a feature length movie. Sure, it counts. So I like that a lot. I've thought about putting it on here because it's interesting as possibly assigning to you one day. I know I've talked about like back in my like stoner days, I'd hang out at our old theater space and show people like scary movies. And another thing I would often go to are short films. Mm -hmm. And I had like a handful that I loved to show people because I like sort of would scour the internet for lists of the best horror Mm -hmm. shorts and such. And one of them is called He Took His Skin Off For Me, which isn't necessarily a horror film, but that's how I found it on one of those lists. But it's like more metaphorical. Um, Mm -hmm. But this guy, like it's all narrated. It's from a short story. And this guy like takes his skin off for this girl because she asks him to. And then it's sort of like how their life gets all messy because he's like Frank in Hellraiser. Yeah. So he's skinless skinless and like there's blood all over the place. And, you know, he leaves anywhere he touches. It gets all bloody and the sheets are dirty. And but it is so powerful. I love it so much. I've seen it so many times and it just like I could talk about it for days. Mm -hmm. And then there's one called Excision, which there is a full length movie of that I've never seen. But the short is really disturbing. And it's sort of about a daughter who is a little misunderstood and her like her her little sister has some sort of heart condition but she's kind of messed up in the head and it it's amazing and beautiful and sad and then there's this really cool one i think i've mentioned on here before called night of the slasher and it was like a, a film fest darling a few years ago that sort of mm-hmm. plays on the tropes of 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 horror movies and it's just sort of about the, it's sort of i think it I don't know if it's literally done in one take, but it definitely has that air of being done in one solid take. Uh, and it is a ton of fun. And then the last one that came to mind is this one called Bug Crush that is on a collection of gay shorts 
called Boy's Life that from like the early 2000s. And it's about this boy who has a crush on this other boy. And that boy's into bugs, which is like weird. I think it's supposed to be a take on drugs. I, the, the rhyme is literally there. Mm-hmm. But like he, he and his friends like will put bugs on their skin and the bugs will give them like this crazy high. And so he takes this boy out to like like out in the middle of nowhere and puts these bugs on him. And it is creepy. And the first time I watched it, I literally passed out like not i think there were a variety of elements involved in that like i definitely mm-hmm. was really stoned but like it just like and it just like i think it's sort of one of those triggering sort of scary things like because there's some some like gay bashing elements to it and just it definitely mm-hmm. was horrific in like more ways than one and it played into some of like my deepest darkest fears but it's really, really effective. And I've watched it since and just still find it very, very well done and very horrific. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, listeners out there, if you have some horror movies that you love that are shorts, I would love to know what they are because so many of them are available on YouTube and Vimeo. So yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think, but I've spent so much time like hanging out with friends where we had nights where we would just watch random YouTube videos like all night and I'm sure I've seen plenty of weird things, but I can't remember any titles and just flashes <laughs> of weird shit. So we, we used to go down rabbit holes of a lot of true stuff, like top 10 videos found on the dark web and stuff like that of just weird shit. So I've seen a lot of fucked up stuff that way, uh, but no scripted like, horror shorts I can think of are jumping to mind. Well, if they come to mind, or if any of your million friends that listen to this podcast that you perhaps used to watch them with, remember. Yeah, if any of you guys remember, is there something I'm forgetting? Because, you know, my brain's not as good as it used to be. So, you know, it happens. Well, he's been very busy for a few weeks, but we have a telegram from Teacher Drew. <gasps> Yay! And I think you'll be able to speak to some of what he mentions here. Cool. So Teacher Drew writes, Hey guys, your recent episode got me thinking of holiday traditions. During Halloween season, I always visit a haunted house venue. Oh, the stories I have over the years. Perhaps even more unique is my Christmas tradition. While wrapping Christmas presents, I always watch The Exorcist. That usually raises an eyebrow or two. Do you two have any interesting or unique holiday traditions? In other news, I've been too busy with moving to go to my local AMC, but I was able to watch Final Girls on Hulu. It's simply brilliant and I five star enjoyed it. Next week is our October break and I will be listening to you from the wide open plains of Nebraska. Love to you both, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew, and good luck with your move. I don't know that you mentioned that before, so you and Jeremy are in sync there. Yep, I feel your pain. And when I just have to clarify, he said Final Girls. I'm sure he's talking about The Final Girls, which is my favorite movie ever, but there is also one called Final Girl with Abigail Breslin that is horrible, but it does share the same actor from The Final Girls. I can confirm uh, that it is The Final Girls because I was yes. just on Letterboxd and I saw his Letterboxd. Oh, post, good. So. I'm, I, I believe from the way he said it that he'd never seen it before. So that thoroughly excites me because I try to share the joy of that movie left, right, and center. And I know I just recently talked about it. So, so glad you watched that. Now, I don't really have many holiday traditions, but I feel you do. Yeah. um, These days, as far as like Halloween goes, of course, the big holiday, the traditions for me 
revolve around certain movies at this point, like getting movie viewing in. I used to do the haunted houses like he was talking about, like up through college. Now I'm trying to remember, man, and uh, the amount of beer in college, I think kind of erased like my full memory. So <laughs> a lot of those haunted house experiences, because usually it was like, let's drink some beers and go to a haunted house. So I don't remember all of them all that well. But these days, let's see, what's Halloween for me? I usually have to get to a cider mill at some point. That's just a full on like fall tradition, but I love to do it around Halloween time. And man, movie wise, I always end up binging a good chunk of the original Halloween movie series. Like that's the time of year I try to save them. I know there's probably fans that watch them anytime throughout the year. You're like, oh, I want to watch Halloween four. I'll put it on now. For me, that just seems so wrong to not wait till Halloween time to start watching those movies. So that's the only time of year I usually watch them. I have to just jump in because the the Rob Zombie Halloween was on recently and it mm-hmm. just happened to, I happened to stop upon it on TV and it is so lifeless and horrible. I mean, the first time I watched it, I remember thinking it was fine. And then I rewatched it with Joe and it was like, this is horrible. But the girls are so boring in it. Like, it is Mm -hmm. ridiculous how boring and unmemorable they are. I mean, Danielle Harris, it's fun to see her, but she's still not, like, even that great in it. But it's fun just for the kitsch value, if that's the right word, the the novelty of it. But Mm -hmm. Scout Taylor Compton or whatever is so horrible. Yeah, I haven't revisited it in a while, so... Uh, I Don't. can't get, I can't. Okay. Um, I, I, I am anxious to go back and watch Halloween four again, yet again, because I just listened to a podcast, uh, dread central, uh, their podcast network there. Um, God, you've talked about this show. What's development? How they development just did, hair they just, just did Halloween, Halloween four, right? Yeah. Development hell just started a new series called Halloween is canceled. And there were each episode. They're going to talk about a different Halloween sequel that didn't happen. And they went in depth about the Halloween four where Michael Myers turns into a giant at the end and starts killing people. Like they talked in depth about that version. So it sounds so weird. It sounds so weird, but when they break it down and really like tell you what the script said, it could have, I feel like it could have worked. It would have been wild, but it could have worked. People just weren't ready. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the Halloween movies, I feel like I don't know where this started, but somewhere along the line, I also picked up specifically Hellraiser, the first Hellraiser. Like that one to me is a Halloween time movie. Like I try to watch it sometimes on Halloween itself Uh, and army of darkness. That's the other one where for some reason I picked that up as like, this is one of my Halloween time watches. Uh, And I always watch those, try to get those in around Halloween. He did mention Christmas and I am a little bit like teacher drew where I watch like wildly inappropriate movies (laughs) for like Christmas time. Uh, Example being the alien series. Like I never watch those around Halloween for some reason, alien and aliens means Christmas time to me. <laughs> so like I watch those around Christmas. Same goes weirdly for a lot of like, I get in like a Friday the 13th mood around Christmas time. So I end up watching a lot of those historically around Christmas too. So I don't know what that's about, but that's just my little quirk. I know that like Jason fan film, Don't Go in the Woods. Is that what it's called? Yeah, something like that. I think that there's a second one that takes place like during winter time or something. Because mm-hmm. I was talking about with one of the vendors at Frankenfest. I feel like there's a, a follow up to one of them that takes place in the winter. And there isn't a Friday the 13th that takes place like in winter, is there? No, 
There nope. should be because I love Blood and Snow. Yeah, they wanted to. I feel like one of them was it part six or something. I I thought I had heard somewhere that the initial pitch was like during winter time and just the logistics didn't work out for the production, so they changed. There's it. just so many elements that you could bring into play that would work mm-hmm. so good. Oh yeah, they should do a Christmas Friday the Thirteenth film. That would be. Hey. Awesome. Skipping ahead a little bit here, Tony Todd had been trying to develop a, hand, a, a Candy Man four for a long time, hmm. uh, and like his big pitch had it set in the dead of winter, like during a blizzard, uh, and that would have been really cool. I don't really have any traditions. I try to watch Black Christmas around Christmas time, but it's like it doesn't matter where in the season. Yeah. And then Halloween time, I try to watch as many scary movies as possible. The only sort of holiday tradition I for sure have is on my birthday, I try to watch as many scary movies as I can. If there's anything in the theater, no matter how bad it is, I try. I, I'll take my birthday off almost always from work. That's like a, it's something I always do unless for some reason I just cannot. Mm-hmm. But I like to go to the theater and I don't care if it's by myself. I have no issues going to the movie by myself. Like yep. some people do. It's like, I don't care. I used uh, to go out to eat alone all the time. You know, it's like people have a weird thing about doing things in public alone, which I don't have that hang up. So I don't typically eat by myself, like at a restaurant. I don't have an issue with it. So if like I'm somewhere like in a play and it's like uh, far from home and I go there from work, like I'll, I will go eat at a mm-hmm. restaurant by myself. I don't have qualms with it. I just don't like, I'm not like, I'm going to go eat by myself. I'd rather get something and bring it back so I can sit comfortably where there's no one. Oh yeah. Me. Well, if that's a, if that's an option, yes. But. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind doing it. I don't like eating and having people watch me eat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not like, a, and I mean, like, who am I to think like everyone is sitting around like watching you eat? What like, what the not. fuck is that guy doing? <laughs> they're not, but like, I I do have like I think it's not as bad as it used to be. But like, if we were to have like some people over for dinner, I would just I'm like, oh, I don't want to, have to eat in front of them. <laughs> it's uh, so weird to talk about. I feel like it's not as much anymore. But I used to be like that. For I sure. feel like I should be because like. Watching me eat is probably not comfortable for like other people to like have to see it, but <laughs> I don't care. I always remember when I lived in Chicago, this guy took me on a date, some older daddy, but like he took me to some expensive Italian restaurant and he engulfed his spaghetti. It was messy and noisy, and he was like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, like, yes, he's paying for this meal, so I'll probably suck his dick later, but oh my God, like, it's so loud and dirty and gross. Yeah. And not even so, the good part yet. No, no. It's like, save those noises for the bedroom. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, you know, that's kind of, I can relate to that because it's sort of eating is pretty sensual, you know? So (laughs) some of the noises I make while I'm eating, my wife is like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) I love it. Did you watch anything this last week? We haven't actually seen each other for a while. No, I, one thing jumping to mind. First, I want to give a big fat shout out, like most of the horror world to Elvira. Yes, queen. 40 fucking years she's been, Cassandra Peterson has been playing Elvira. Uh, I guess on Shudder, she just had a special over the weekend where she hosted a marathon of movies. Uh, And playing off all of that, she just put out an autobiography too. Uh, And in line with all of that, I revisited Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, her movie, her first movie from the 80s. 
uh, which is campy. It's fun. It's goofy. You know, I remember watching it on video when it came out. It's not like a great movie, but you know, it's fucking Elvira, man. And it's, it's cute and it's fun. Yeah. I remember that little red haired character actress is in it. Yep. Yep. She's right? like one of the bad guys. Yep. Yep. I know exactly who you're talking about. And most of it's just Elvira being a badass. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, and you know, shout out to, there you go. She's one of my first crushes I can remember. So I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think what it, uh, as I always say, I'm like, when I was a little kid, I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I was just like, she's pretty cool. And you know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, I'm proud of her and that's just great. I mean, it, my first thought was like, oh my God, it took you 40 years, but I'm also like, you did it at all. And that is a huge thing. Like yeah, the more and people that, that can That's only that, part man. of her career apparently too. Cause now I'm learning her pre Elvira days. She was like in bands. She sang in Vegas. She did a whole shit ton of stuff before even falling into television. So, okay. Yeah. It's, it's wild. So more power to her. Yeah. I didn't watch anything. I finished Slasher, which was fun. Uh, it was probably my favorite season yet of Slasher, and I was least excited for it just in regards to what it was about. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend that on Shudder exclusively. So check that out. Uh, and that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, and I I started, I've only rewatched a few episodes, but I have re... St- okay. So Ash versus Evil Dead. Uh, I never finished the series. Uh, I think I watched I watched the first two seasons uh, and started three, I think. But I can't remember a lot of them. And I was like, oh, it's on Netflix. I'm going to rewatch this from the beginning again. Uh, And man, that pilot episode is great. That's a fantastic piece of horror television. I didn't even Uh, finish the first season. Oh, man, it's it's worth it. From what I remember, the first season's fantastic. So I'm excited to dip back in because I still remember that one the most. But two, I don't remember so good. And three, I never even finished. So uh, I'm strapping in for the ride. Hopefully I'll get through that through this Halloween season. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, typically Jeremy and I assign a movie to the other person they've never seen before. But this week we're both very busy. So we're just meeting this one time for a tiny tear, as we call it, where we both watch a movie that neither one of us have seen. And this week we're watching the Candyman remake. Remake. Or. or Reboot. Reboot. <laughs> Follow up. Sequel, technically, kind of, too, I guess. Do you have this pulled up on your L-Box? I got it. Great. Take it away. So Candyman 2021, directed by Nia DaCosta. Uh, Dare to say his name. Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now gentrified Cabrini. After a chance encounter with an old timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. Yes. So I feel like most people have seen this movie. So I think let's just talk spoilery and just go away now if you haven't, if you haven't watched it. Yeah. Let's just get What's stopping you. I mean, it took us fucking forever, but, um, but yeah, I want to talk spoilery. So. Yep. Get out of here. If you don't get out of here, go. So I got to watch this in the theater. Oh, you did? Yes, because we were, again, all this moving stuff, we were showing our house over this past weekend, so we had to be out of the house pretty much like all day for a couple of days. Tell me you took Sarah with you. 
No, I locked her up and you know, <laughs> wow, wow, stashed her in the trunk. No, wow, no. Wow. We went over to my parents' house. We took all of our animals and went over to my parents' house, pretty much uh, on and off throughout the weekend. But my brother and I went to the movies to see Candyman. Nice, uh, and that was cool. Bert. Bert, we went and saw Candyman, and it was cool uh, to be. You know, it's some about seeing a cool horror movie in the theater so the and i don't know maybe you knew this based on the names of the characters and stuff i haven't seen the original in a couple of decades like at least Mm -hmm. 20 years so i had no idea of to me what was a twist in it was that he was the baby like even as they're telling the story like early on like i never considered that that's where it was gonna go but i assume if you know the original well enough you know the names and you just put it together and when you see vanessa williams you're like oh that's his mom because it's the same actress right she's in both yeah as soon as they say anthony i'm like that's the baby that was the name of the baby because i I, again just re-watching them too it was like very fresh in my yeah i had no idea and also when they showed vanessa williams and in case you haven't watched these movies, it's not the Vanessa Williams from like Ugly Betty and Save the Best for Last or whatever the fuck that song is yeah, called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it is a different actress. I think Joe said she was on like 90210 or Melrose Place, one of those like 90s soaps. But I, when I first saw her, I was like, she's not old enough to have it, like to be his mom, but she totally is. She mm-hmm. looks fucking gorgeous. She's beautiful. Yeah, and if he was a baby in the first movie, came out in 1990, like... He's age appropriate. I was freaking, yeah. you know, I was four years old in 1990. So it works. So let's first, let's talk about the performances. What did you think of them? Uh, I mean, I was in, I, I enjoyed uh, uh, everybody. Yeah. I thought his like, wife in particular, wife or girlfriend? Yeah. Wife. Girlfriend. girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. Brianna. I think her name is Tiana. Paris or Perry, but I yep. loved her. I thought she was deliciously awesome. She was great. I I, I was in for his arc, uh, our lead. Um, I know, like I'd read some reviews where people had an issue with the pacing in this movie, but like I was fine with it. I don't. I appreciate it. It didn't feel totally typical. No, and I was okay with that. I felt yeah. like it did things a little bit differently, but I never felt it was slow. And I liked the pace. It was quick moving. And I enjoy that, especially in a situation, you know, they're trying to cram a lot of mythology in there. And I like when you keep it moving, because I think if you slow down too much, you get too dangerously close to spoon feeding. And then it feels like, yes, I get it. Like, I'd rather have some questions unanswered. I'm okay with that, too, that they're just going so fast. There's certain plot lines that just don't they're going to fall away. And they're but I think that's by design. I think that's there for you to pick at later and question and think about. And, you know, if it wasn't for you, I would have been more blown away with this movie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. No, not in a bad way. But, like, you – and I feel like most people who've seen this are familiar with some of the other movies. Uh, maybe not with two or three, but I think – and I'm not, like, I wasn't upset with you or anything like that. But, like, had I not known that Candyman is numerous things – other than just the Tony Todd Candyman that mm. I know from the first film, yeah. that aspect would have blown my mind watching yeah. this. The yep. Candyman is numerous legends. It's not just the 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 guy who the you know slept with his his master's daughter and had his hand cut off and bees yep. pour all over. Like 
had I not known that, that whole thing would have just been like, what? But I knew that from you, from yeah, the second and third film, they really get into that, right? You had said that that's sort of where that element comes well, through. Well, yeah, the first movie... Oh, sorry. Cats are running around me. Like, I'm just like, I, what's behind me? It was one of my cats. It scared me. Candyman's here, guys. Um, the first movie, like, Ty gets into the idea of mythology because she's a grad student studying urban legends. Uh, and so, uh, and, and there, there's a point in the first movie, too, where she gets attacked uh, by a street criminal who's using the identity of Candyman and he gets arrested. Mm. And then they're like, no, the murders were this guy, you know, and they get into the idea of legend and it's like, Candyman's bigger than just this one ghost. It's this whole presence and it exists because people believe in it. They believe that story and it makes him real. Uh, and then two, and by the time they get to three is where they really start focusing in on like, Tony Todd is our slasher. He's the star. Let's get rid of this high concept shit out of here. He's a ghost that kills people. Uh, and they start to lose the nuance as it goes from movie to sequel to sequel of the, the urban legend, the power of myth, the, transformative you know it is because this movie starts with the idea that the Candyman myth from the first movie has now mutated into it being about helen uh mm -hmm. and it's like the same story but now it's about helen which is kind of where the first movie uh starts to head in that direction so yeah it's and did it's, you so agree good. that she that she was a larger part of this originally yes of this movie? yeah and if you watch that first trailer there's like two images of her yeah they tried to or got tried to shoot some stuff with Virginia Madsen. Wasn't that what it was? And I don't know. I know that the, the shot that they out. show is like her, like in like the church, like mm -hmm. a sort of like a ghostly presence. So I don't know why it didn't work out, but I just know they didn't go that route, yeah. but it was fun to like hear her voice. I was like, yeah, that's older Virginia Madsen talking right there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's like, that's not what she sounded like in the actual movie back then, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but I think that this sort of, when it came out, was thought of as a remake. So it was fun that it was more of a reboot. Yeah, it, much like it reminded me, I was getting heavy vibes of Halloween 2018. Mm -hmm, 100%, which I really thought was cool. And there were some scenes like I just absolutely loved. Like the, the certain characters, mainly like the reviewer characters, like were like a little bit charactery. But I think that might have been by design. Yeah, because everyone else felt fairly fleshed out and real, and I think that might have been to make a point. Yeah, they were really coming for the art world, the yes, high art world sure. in this movie. So I feel like that was on purpose that they were just total. But knobs. that that scene when she gets killed is so fucking cool that you're just like far away, rear windowing it from across the the street. Oh and my there's god! Not music, and it's like. It, I bet seeing it in the theater was great because you could see a little bit of a larger one than I could on my screen at home, but yeah, it was so cool. Very cool to see her. And then it, as it pulls out and you see all these other apartments with other people living their lives like going on. And there's just something deeply unnerving about that where this one person's being brutally murdered and yeah. the world is just goes on without, you know, any knowledge of that happening. And I loved when the girlfriend opened up the basement door at like i think the laundromat and she's like nope and she closes the door and i was like that is fucking awesome i feel like there was another moment in there that i uh, can't exactly put my finger on that was like that where i'm like yes thank you for acknowledging dumb horror movie choices and your characters are not making them uh mm -hmm. they still end up in peril but that's not by their own stupid choices so i appreciated that and i also i loved that the gay couple didn't die because i was sure they were going to 
Oh yeah, and they were great characters. Great um, characters, funny, and like they brought in some of the storytelling that we needed to know, and mm-hmm. I just loved them, and I just loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved um, them so much. And you know, props too to taking a property that since the original movie, the story is rooted in black trauma and like, and black pain, uh, but has been directed by white directors for the whole series until now. So I'm glad that they had uh, filmmakers of color bringing the story to life. Now, have you ever read the forbidden? Uh, I think I did in like college. Because I know it takes place in England. So I'm really curious if it deals with race or if it's literally just like that sort of boogeyman figure. I don't know. But yeah, I'm um, curious. In in Clive Barker's original short story, race is not a part of it at all. Um, but it is explicitly about classism mm. uh, because it's set in England. His original story, it's in like Liverpool, I think. Uh, and it's still the same concept of a grad student studying urban legends so she goes to the like historically you know most run down poor part of town and they have a story of the candy man and it's virtually the same you know kind of thing where it's like uh he's this boogeyman that comes and kills you and apparently the belief in him is what makes him real and he comes and shows up um but from what i understand it was when the rights to it were bought and then being done by an american uh, production company they're like we want to set it in a very american setting so chicago but they were keeping that idea of underprivileged versus you know this upper crust looking down on them and when you put that in america race often becomes a factor uh when dealing with these sorts of themes so it seemed like a natural fit when they did it to go that direction and I mean, I know this movie got delayed, but it was made, I think, in late 2019. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it was, and not to say, I, I know police brutality existed before, you know, the events of 2020, before George Floyd. But mm-hmm. like, on initial impact, the end in particular was like, okay, this is in response to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and things like that. And the whole you know, say my name, that whole aspect, because like I went to one protest and, you know, there's the chanting where it's like, say their names and all of that. Like, I was like, okay, we're hitting this a little bit on the head, but then I'm like, I think this was made before all of that. And it was, it's just, I I think like, it's crazy to think if this would have come out in the summer of 2020 though, the impact I feel like it would have had. Yeah. And again, I know it's like, police brutality has always existed in a racial sense like but it just it had it carried such a a lot more weight now yeah i i feel like to uh, art certain art uh it just they they were on it man they were on the pulse of society of the world of america uh and they tapped into something that's just it's been a long time coming and we've been dealing with it forever and they were just they were there they're they're keyed in they knew what was going on so this just is so good for right now this is so topical for right now it is and i you know i never felt like scared like i wasn't like oh my god this movie scared the shit out of me 
but it was unnerving and mm-hmm. creepy, but I was never like scared. I didn't feel like that was like what it was doing necessarily. Like that scene when the reviewer got killed, like it happens in a way that you're observing it, but you're not like, oh my God, there's someone behind you. Like they're not playing it up. There was no like music. Like it just like was happening. Like, and I just, I guess I, I appreciated that a lot about it. Yeah, there's just, it, to this day, like Candyman to me, like there's something so deeply unnerving about the character it's that you know say the name they're like i won't do it into a mirror you won't get me saying candy man five times into a mirror uh, oh i don't care i'll do it i'm a grown-ass man <laughs> i'm still like unnerved by the idea so uh there's something about it it just works and you know also the girl who was at hit that like the teenage girl she's a little charactery too mm-hmm. like i feel like some of these side characters the ones that get killed like do have this sort of elevated characterization to them. But I think it's all for a point as opposed to they got bad actors or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, Also amazing use of mirrors. Yes. Mirror cinematography is fantastic in this. That scene in particular in the bathroom, I thought was shot so well. Yeah. Uh, and I just kept, I kept finding myself like there's all these mirrors, like there's almost a reflection in every shot of the movie. And I'm like watching it to see if there's something going on there. Cause sometimes you're seeing, you know, a version of the candy man in the background. Other times I noticed uh, uh, our lead character, Anthony, his, um, his reflection is out of sync with him. Sometimes it's as simple as that. There was a couple moments where you're like, Oh, he's looking, but the reflection didn't move so that they're, you know, building off of the idea of the disconnect between you and the reflection, the mirror world. Yeah. So I know a lot of people had some issues with this movie, but I, I'm not one of them. I, Me either. I, I think it's really well done and I think it's slick and yeah, I just thought it was, I thought it was good. Yeah. I dug the hell out of this man. This was a fantastic return to form for what I think is an underappreciated slasher franchise. Like let's, let's get some more Candyman going on guys. Yeah. So I know teacher drew was not fond of this film. So teacher drew, now that we've talked about it, I would love to know your thoughts furthermore. I think you were sort of reserved in them before. Cause you knew we hadn't seen it. I know friend of the podcast Tess really loves this movie. So I'm excited to talk to her a little bit more about it. Yeah. Thanks and Tess. Yeah. Thanks Tess. I knew she believed that we would enjoy it. She was correct. You know us. She was. As we left the theater, I have to give props to my brother for coming up. Bert, thank you for coming up with this idea. Uh, and he's like, you should do a version of Candyman where they say Sasquatch Slim five times. And it's like, and then I'm like, and then I appear in my grumpy bear onesie and I'm like, I got a Blu-ray of Sharktopus we can watch. And that's what I do is I make you watch bad horror movies. <laughs> wow, that does sound nightmarish. So there you go. That's going to be our <laughs> promo for the show, I think. I will say Candyman five times, but I will not say Sasquatch Slim five times. <laughs> Don't do it. Plus, it's Don't. just hard to say five times in a row. I got to say. Uh, Sasquatch Slim. Sasquatch Slim. <laughs> <laughs> But it can't be into a reflection. I don't know. It's got to be into like an old pizza box or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right. Well, out of, I think it seems very appropriate, out of five Candymans, how many would you say? Uh, I give it a four. 
That is what I give it to. And, you know, after I watched it, I sort of thought three and a half, but I couldn't stop thinking about it the next day. I kept watching videos about it. I kept reading up on it. And when a film has that sort of an impact, it, it elevates, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This was one of those movies that went, as soon as it was done, I was like, cue it back up, start it again. I want to watch it, uh, make sure I got absorbed everything because I felt like this is just a very rich yeah. tapestry of a movie where I'm like, I, I feel like I missed stuff. Turn it back on. I need to watch it from. And that's how I again. felt. I, I didn't feel like I completely digest everything. Like I, I definitely would like to watch it again and sort of absorb a little bit more. hundred percent. Sink into my skin. Yep. So it's living in my brain pan now and oof. So we go. got a definite solid. Scare of approval. Yes, buddy. I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so see glad Candyman. we both liked it. Yeah, see, see it, it, see it. See it, say it. Say his name. Say his name. <laughs> and that Destiny's Child, Say My Name remix that's in the trailer is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's Destiny's Child's per se, but that song it is just so fucking good. I love it. I, I have to I, find it. I also loved the the opening of the actual movie where it starts with that creepy ass sounding recording of the Candyman. And it's all backwards. Oh my God, it was so cool. So cool. So cool. Loved it. Well, Jeremy, next week is a big week for us. Oh God. Episode 50, people. Episode 50, which is, you know, we've almost been around an entire year and that is so exciting. And we have something fun in store for you all. So uh, come back and check it out. Get ready. Limber up. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. So hail Paymon. Hey, uh, May Queen. And you know what, guys? Candyman. 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 No. Candyman. No. Am I going to do it? Is he going to do it? Candyman. Oh my God. He's killing me. (laughs) No, I'm kidding, guys. It's not happening. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm an idiot. Uh, Until next time, guys. uh, Keep watching those fucking scary movies. Because scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.